Welcome to She's Up Next, a podcast focused on positive women's media representation and amplifying the voices of young female changemakers. We're here to have open conversations with teenage girls our age with accomplishments in activism, STEM, entrepreneurship, and more. Join us for this week's episode to catch up with what's new in our busy lives and fuel your motivation to achieve your own dreams through the inspiring stories of others like you. I'm your co-host, Jackie Acosta. And I'm Dory Miller. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to She's Up Next. I'm Dory. And I'm Jackie. I know it's been a little bit, but not too long, actually. Yeah, not too long. I I I mean... We're actually working on getting our next episode out. So it yes. actually hasn't been that long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, who knows when our episodes are going up, but hopefully, hopefully soon. And hopefully you're listening to this not too far off from our last episode. Correct. Yeah. It should Anyways, be. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot to talk about in our little intro today. Um, but first of all, I can, I just want to say how excited I am for everyone to listen to Gemma's episode. It is amazing. Uh, I mean, for those of you who know Gemma, she's just absolutely incredible, so accomplished and just so, so well-spoken. So anyways, we're looking forward to everyone getting to listen to that. But first of all, I believe Jackie has a very special, joyful moment of the week that she wants to share. Yes. For those of you who remember or were listening to some of our first couple of episodes, Mm -hmm. we had um, my teammate, Claire Antalon, and my assistant basketball coach, Coach Leek, come on and talk about women's representation um, in sports media and the importance of women being included in the Bruce Mahoney tradition this year um, at our school, which is one of, if not the biggest um, traditions and um, things we participate in every year. Uh, so an update for you all this week, I believe, um, I got to participate in my game. So the basketball, Woo! the basketball leg of the Bruce Mahoney, um, both girls and boys, uh, competed. Um, the girls competed on Wednesday and the boys competed last night. And I'm happy to report that both teams won. Yes! So that means we finished, um, a three out of four, which it's going to be three out of five, but baseball hasn't happened. So mm-hmm. regardless of what happens during baseball, like we've secured the trophy and yes. it will stay at SI for this year, uh, for the remainder of this year. And then the beginning of next year when the um, series starts all over again, but oh my gosh, it was so exciting it was to play crazy. in that game. It was crazy. I mean, our game was on a Wednesday, so we didn't have as many people come yeah. as last night, but still we had never had that many people come to any of our games before. <laughs> so having like any kind of like crowd was like yeah. new for us. And it was like a little bit hard to adjust in the beginning because we weren't <laughs> used to that many people. So you can't like hear each other that well. Yeah. So I felt like I was screaming oh, the whole time, but it was so fun. The energy was so electric and um, we played at keys our pavilion in the city which is like a super historic gym and mm-hmm. uh i didn't know but they used to actually play like the bruce mahoney games there before they oh, moved to usf I so for a lot that. of people it was like for like the adults like mm-hmm. uh, our coaches and like my parents are like yeah i used to remember when and like i was laughing because i didn't know that it was like that big of a deal like we were supposed to play at usf which is um a university in San Francisco um, that they've used to play at in the past, but like because of COVID and COVID restrictions, we weren't really able to. But 
it didn't matter because we got to play Kizar and it was great. Um, it was kind of fun, like, because the, the student sections were set up like right behind the baskets. So like when we were in the first half shooting um, towards their student section, like they were yelling and like screaming <laughs> and trying to get us to miss. And it was, it was just so much fun. And I know girls on the SH team. So like getting to play with, against them um, was a lot of fun. And oh, it's just going to be something I remember forever, I guess. Not Same. to sound too cl- cliche, but. <laughs> well, yeah, you yeah. playing, I mean, attending itself was a whole yeah. experience. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I love how you said that the cheering kind of threw you off at first. Honestly, think our cheering was better at your game than the boys game. Oh, really? I think we were, yeah, we were just a little bit more coordinated because there was less people. Last night <laughs> was true. like one, one side of Wildcat Nation, which is kind of our cheer squad but we're not actually cheerleaders um but like I want to say Reagan and Paulina would start a chant and then the other side would start doing it at a different time yeah so uh, I mean you were there but it was was just it was just for your game I thought we were a bit stronger in terms of cheering but I also love that you say that because you guys played amazing all game there was (laughs) no sense of distraction from us you they were to report back they were in the lead the entire game there was no doubt they were going to win but it right. was still i mean it was never it was an it was exciting never game. too far behind yeah yeah they were the other team was never too they far battled behind, so. for sure yeah yeah they were so a lot was, closer than we like wanted them to be but like yeah. it made the game more fun so like looking back i'm kind of glad at how yeah. things played out um yeah. yeah um and kind of opposite um the boys game was not like that I think they were under the same impression that the other team was not as strong as um as they thought yeah but oh no 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 they thought they didn't think the team was very strong and then they ended up being in the lead for the majority of the game but then we came back at the very end went into overtime I if it's not been made obvious I am not a big (laughs) sports follower I like I'll go to the Giants game I'll go to a Warriors game but I never right. really watch it on TV I don't really yeah. get it I don't get the excitement the majority of the time because I'm not I want to say I'm not a competitive person last <laughs> night I was a competitive person when we finally got back into the lead I felt oh euphoric gosh. I yeah. in that moment I understood why people love sports <laughs> why they are so devoted to their teams why they genuinely feel hurt if they lose and I I I did I also understood that at the when we lost the football versus my honey I understood that I genuinely felt dejected and annoyed and my mom was like since when do you care I'm like I care about (laughs) this one but then overall just winning the entire tournament was so amazing for our senior year and I think we need our our team needed it football was was hard because we rough we again did not expect that yeah. And I'm so glad that that's not how last night resulted in. And there was some drama at the very end, but oh, overall, gosh. yeah, it was a really exciting night. That I will say is a SI memory that will last forever. Of it was... It's definitely like I wouldn't have wanted like my last Bruce experience yeah. to end any other way. I mean, like I feel like if they blew them out, it would have been like fun, but like yeah. it wouldn't have been the same because there exactly. were so many ups and downs. Like the whole gate like yeah honestly I was doubting them in the beginning we went down <laughs> 11 too. and a half and it wasn't looking that great and then they came out in the third quarter and they turned things around and they cut the lead to like two and I was like okay we're back yeah. in this game like now we actually have a chance and then we went down again and we're up again and then went into overtime and yeah 
Oh my goodness. It was just up and down, up and down, like so many different emotions all at once. But it was honestly the best way we could have won. I earlier or last night, I was saying, no, it would have been better if we were in the lead, but no, this made it so exciting. And I'm sure it made it even more exciting for the players after they won. And I was bummed because I was hoping to see some of my friends after and they all went home because of their game today, which is understandable, but I'm still very proud of them. A lot of my middle school best friends were playing and then of course I'm so proud of Jackie and I'm just so excited for you that (laughs) senior year I'm so glad they didn't put off another year because you I was scared they were gonna cancel you and your team more than anyone deserve to be a part of this and I just think it's it's so exciting that SI and SH decided to do this and obviously I'm hoping it gets to the point where there's as much engagement yeah. with the and hopefully next time the girls game can be on the weekend because I think that was yeah. also a part of it that was that a little thing me. that a little bit annoyed me because oh totally previously our game was scheduled to be on Friday like we were supposed mm-hmm. to play on the 21st but um and the boys were supposed to, they were scheduled to play on January 4th but mm-hmm. because people were testing positive coming back from winter break they decided it wasn't the best idea which I totally agree to have such a big game yeah um so they rescheduled but I didn't think they were going to reschedule us so when I found out that we were playing on a Wednesday I was a little disappointed that we were getting pushed around um but I can't complain because it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. And there were people who showed out. So I'm super yeah. happy that people did come and a lot bigger crowd than I expected, but oh, it would have been sure. nice to play on a Friday and have like a lot more people. But I know we have home games coming up um, that are our Friday. So hopefully now that have people have seen us play, they'll come out and uh, like support, which would be really cool. Yes, I agree. Okay, so to keep our intro moving forward, my joyful moment of the week was honestly the games. Yes. Jackie's and then the boys yesterday. Um, it was just, there was such a strong sense of community. And I don't know, I love basketball. I, I just enjoy basketball, watching basketball more than any other sport because that was kind of the main thing my friends did in yeah. middle school. So I've always understood it more than other sports. But Aside from that, my other joyful moment has yet to happen. It's happening today, though. I am going to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and I'm sure I I, I feel like I've talked about, I want to say I've talked about it before, but I'm not positive. I love aquariums, always have. I've always been a a kind of an ocean girl. I love going to the beach, and I love marine mammals, fish. It's funny because... My name's Dory, so I've always <laughs> I've always enjoyed that connection since I was little. And finding Dory being set is is supposed to be imitating the Monterey Bay Aquarium. I've always loved that because I swear it's probably one of my favorite places in the world. I just get so excited being in aquariums, and I don't know. I I don't I really don't get it. I just simply enjoy it a lot. I was in San Diego this summer and I forced my friend to, it was totally out of our way, but I, I'm like, <laughs> we're in San Diego. We're going to the aquarium. Yeah. So anyways, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, but the one thing is there's actually a fire. This is a little um, oh. climate news update. There's a fire in, it's Monterey County, but it's not near the aquarium. It's, it's in Big Sur closer to Carmel so look and highway one is closed down there as of last night I haven't checked in the recent hours of the morning um but I've been following that because it just freaks me out yesterday there's there was a lot there's still some pretty strong winds not as bad as yesterday 
Yeah, it was very warm. Was crazy. Yeah, it was really that, creepy. And okay, good. I wasn't yeah, the only no, one who noticed that. You're not that. crazy. And that's exactly. I remember. I felt it since, but I remember that first time there was not the first time, but kind of the more significant chapter right. of our lives where there was the big fires, big wildfire starting. I remember it was October, and I remember that exact same feeling of the dry wind and the weirdly warm air. So I noticed that last night, and then I was like, "This is totally wildfire weather." but it's January. So that's a whole other note. Stay tuned for a Bay Area Youth Climate Summit post I will be making about that <laughs> because it's, it's just a little alarming. But anyways, yeah. to shift out of that, because I'm going to the aquarium today, we thought we would uh, make our funny, silly, random question a little bit related. So I'm going to start by asking you, Jackie, if you could befriend any aquatic or marine, aquatic slash marine animal, what would it be? I think I was thinking she asked she Lori <laughs> mentioned this to me before we started recording just so I could kind of mm-hmm. uh get all my thoughts collected but when she mentioned that she's going to Monterey uh, Bay Aquarium today the uh first animal that came to mind was a sea otter because they that is what Monterey is kind of known for like yeah. the kelp forest and the sea otters and we actually did a unit in AP bio recently about like ecosystems and food webs and how sea otters are kind of a keystone species um in their oh, ecosystem yeah so like without them the whole kind of system and um community kind of breaks down because they help keep like sea urchin the sea urchin population in check which when the sea urchin population is in check then the kelp can grow and that just like provides um oh my god I just took a test on ecology uh <laughs> yesterday for AP bio but um it provides uh because since kelp are a primary producer as I am told yes. um it provides a source of food for um lots of different species of animals which only helps um the kelp forest ecosystem so I think if I were to be any marine animal I would probably be a sea otter one because they're super playful I feel like mm-hmm. every time I've like gone to see them whether it be at Monterey or um at another aquarium they're always like playing with each other and they're super fun and playful and then second probably because they're super resourceful right like mm-hmm. if we can find rocks and things and like find different ways to like crack open uh like a uh, sea urchin shell or an abalone shell yeah. or like they tie their young in the kelp so that they don't like float away oh my gosh I didn't realize how much I knew about sea otters I was about to say <laughs> um thank you miss AP bio for the quick environmental <laughs> education lesson that was quite impressive Jackie yeah, learned I'm of this question myself. like 15 minutes ago <laughs> I, I hope you did well you better back. have gone an A on that, on that I think yeah and I didn't realize how much I, information I actually retained <laughs> but yes that if I were to pick any marine animal, I would pick a sea otter. Oh, <laughs> what about you? That. Again, thank you for that incredible lesson. I'm realizing how little <laughs> I knew about sea otters. I honestly wish that was my answer now because I love sea otters. I actually, in Disneyland, I got a new Finding Dory pin that's oh. the otters and it says cuddle party. I just oh. think they're adorable, especially in Finding Dory, obviously in real right. life as well. But yes, I love sea otters, but I did a list of three, but I'll go more into depth into two of them always Mm -hmm. have resonated with dolphins I just think that's very evident in my personality they're just bubbly and friendly and I don't know always I'm sure that's super basic super smart super smart exactly I I was actually okay this is totally a side note but 
yesterday I stumbled across a TikTok video of um, apparently <laughs> so dolphins are very attracted to um, pregnant animals mm. specifically pregnant humans mm-hmm. and um, there's kind of an ancient practice primarily done in Hawaii of mm-hmm. um, basically having having a dolphin act as your oh my gosh I'm forgetting the word like a doula not doula like uh, a midwife midwife yeah oh, yeah like, like having yeah having a dolphin as a midwife and doing oh, an underwater wow. birth with dolphins and there's a lot of places in the United States that have performed such births in pools with um dolphins in cap in captivity so there's mm. a lot of there's kind of some ethical dilemmas surrounding that but the ancient practice is definitely something that I think sounds really cool and it's been highly discouraged by many scientists and just overall by common sense because as much as we kind of romanticize dolphins and almost put them on a pedestal compared to other um, animals just because they do have a very positive connotation in Mm -hmm. most people's minds they're still wild animals and you never know how they will react to a woman pushing a baby out of her so it's a little unpredictable, but I just thought that was really interesting because that's I not something that you stumble. Yeah, yeah, I never heard that. And I feel like I'm well educated on random marine biology facts just because that's something that's always interested me. But second is, so I'm actually going to talk a little bit about all of them, but <laughs> the second is sea turtles. Yes. Sea turtles in the past couple of years have become more and more a reoccurring symbol in my life I just I have a lot of turtle things I can't explain it I always buy little turtles I don't know what attracts me to them but a lot of it has to do with they remind me of my dad for some reason um even even before this memory I'm about to describe um I don't know I've just always associated I associate colors and animals with people a lot um And I definitely have always associated my dad with turtles. Um, But the memory I was referring to is honestly what I would consider a core memory. We went to Hawaii summer, not summer, winter of 2020. And my dad and I, every time we would go out swimming together, we would find a turtle and end up swimming next to a giant turtle. My mom and my sister honestly Mm -hmm. struggled in finding one at all. I think they ended up seeing one on the entire trip. I swear my dad and I swam directly next to three or four at different beaches. They just kept, every time we were together, even even by myself, I found a few, but they would just come swim right next to us. So I just, I always feel a special connection to my dad when I see any kind of sea turtle symbol. Yeah, I'm trying to think there's something else that's going to say about it. I don't remember, but (laughs) I do, yeah, I, I always... I will always love sea turtles and they're I think they might be coming up on the list of my favorite animals uh, possibly to the number one spot but I actually have a Monterey Bay Aquarium shirt that has a sea turtle on it so I will I plan on wearing that at some point today to commemorate my trip today but Mm -hmm. lastly and these have always been what I consider my favorite animal it's a little um more unique than my other answers, but I love manatees <gasps> with my whole heart. So my grandpa, he's, my mom's family's from Minnesota, but my grandpa had a lot of um, lung problems. Mm-hmm. So winters were difficult in terms of <laughs> oxygen levels. So he had always pretty much for most of his 
like later years, he would go to Florida during the winter because that's where my great grandma lived. And so she still had a place in kind of not a trailer park, but kind of a like communal living Mm. place for it's Mm -hmm. how it's housing, but it's it's primarily for the um, retired residents of Florida. That's a very Mm -hmm. traditional image I associate with Florida in general. Anyways, he, there was, I don't, I don't know if it would be a river, some kind of lake right next to where he lived, where you could go kayak and there was manatees in there. So I saw a few there and then there's a bunch, I think we went to a manatee reserve. So it was basically just a giant pool of water full of manatees just living in the wild. And what I really like is that manatees are not disturbed by humans in any ways there's not really any recreational activity they're so gentle i i love the name sea cow i think that's so funny i love that and they're just i mean i generally would say they're ugly but they're so cute at the same time they're so cute yes so i just have a lot of that one trip we went to florida to visit him i get a lot of positive memories when i Mm -hmm. think of manatees but I'm actually about to start a post for the climate summit about manatee conservation and how that's something that um, is really um, gaining momentum in Florida because pollution is depleting the seagrass population, population, Mm -hmm. which is causing manatees to starve. And obviously manatees are larger creatures who need a lot of food to survive. And I get that all from I'm assuming they're herbivores, but they get yeah. all of that from seagrass. And there's also, of course, both the seagrass and mangrove environments in Florida are um, highly threatened um, environmentally right now. So that's something that I'm hoping to learn more about. And one of the reasons why I've always kind of had an interest in Florida, I know the state itself has some political issues that Jackie and I have learned quite a <laughs> bit about in our race gender power class this year. But mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of really great conservation efforts in Florida that have always interested me in my, in my passion for um, overall marine conservation. That's kind of what got me into environmentalism in the first place. So yeah, I really like this question, but I hope yeah, it's super did, fun. Yeah. Oh my God, we need to never, find some more fun ones I know. like this. Oh my goodness. Like it definitely, you just pulled out all this information from my, my bank of memory. I didn't know I knew that much about otters, <laughs> oh, but. Oh my, oh my gosh. I'm going to put that, I think we should put that in the episode description. Stay yes. T- make sure people know that they're also simultaneously getting a amazing <laughs> interview with Gemma Oakley Lynch, but then also a bit of an AP bio <laughs> slash environmental science lesson. Just yes. Thrown, yes thrown into the beginning of course yeah (laughs) okay so last so we can get into the interview with Gemma we have our quote of the week I think you could honestly it's almost an affirmation as well um interpret it as Mm -hmm. you see fit but it's very simple three words enjoy the now I know in our last episode I personally talked a lot about presence and that being my goal this year and I think Mm -hmm. this concise sentence summarizes it perfectly enjoy the now nothing else just now be there be present and yeah I hope be in the now I think it's super relevant for this week and everything that we got to experience Mm with once in a lifetime once in a lifetime moment like you can't experience like it's not the same like you can always go back and watch the game um (laughs) but it just wasn't wouldn't be the same if I wasn't there like fully engaged and kind of enjoying it with all of my classmates and yeah things like that 
but yeah, I think that is super fitting and I'm super glad that you picked that one for this week. Yes, me too. I thought it was actually in my, I'm sure I've also talked about this before, but I have my um, little daily planner mm-hmm. from Danielle Carolyn um, and there's a new quote every week or not every week, every day. And I've been bad about starting new pages. I've kind of been staying on the same one for a while. So that was what I woke up to today. And I just think it's very appropriate for also just the weekend and disconnecting from the craziness of school and whatever else you may be involved with. So I hope everyone, whenever you're listening to this, whether it's the school week, whether it's the work week, whether it's a weekend, just enjoy the now. Exactly. Yes. And With that being said, I think it's time that we get ready for our interview with Gemma. Yes. Um, For those of you that don't know Gemma, Gemma is the third member of our social media committee. Mm -hmm. She's been with us since last year. The three of us kind of are well-versed in everything social media. So um, in our conversation with her, we get into representation uh, by POC representation in the media, as well as dance representation. She's very into dance and she's uh, involved in all different types of dance. She's kind of the main person or the go-to person at school when it comes to dance. She's involved in lots of different types. Um, And I just learned so much talking to her. I I mean, I have a sister who's really into performing arts, but she's not really into dance. So I was able Mm -hmm. to learn so much about the dance world talking to Gemma. And I'm super glad that we got to uh, sit down with her and have that conversation that you're all about to listen to. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It was just, yeah, I think everyone's going to really like this, especially if you're part of the SI community, whether current or former. So Mm -hmm. With that being said, I think it's time to get into the interview. So thanks for listening to our intro and we hope you enjoy. Hi everyone. We are so excited to be here with Gemma. Um, We have a lot to talk about with her today, but first off, we wanted to let Gemma introduce herself, um, share whatever she would like, but Gemma, go ahead and take it away. Okay. Hi, I'm Gemma Lucy Lynch. I'm a senior at St. Ignatius College Prep. I obviously live in the Bay Area, hashtag Oakland proud. <laughs> um, um, I am involved with pretty much everything dance related at school. Like if it's anything dance, I'm the person. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm also the co-president of our beautiful Black Student Union, along with our my friend, close friend for seven years, Joy Bryant. And I am also involved with student council, social media, and executive council. So, yes, all of that. Yeah, Jackie and I have been doing social media with Gemma since junior year. So the three of us have had a lot of experience together with student council and making TikToks, making Canva, Instagram posts, all of that. Yes, we've definitely worked these past (laughs) couple years. We've been very close and we've had a lot to do together. So it only seemed fitting to finally get Gemma on the podcast. Um, but yeah, Gemma's not giving herself enough credit. She definitely yeah. is one of the people that makes sure our school runs as smoothly as it does. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not always smooth, but she's definitely helping to make sure that everything works. And we, I don't know what we would do without Gemma, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Uh, 
Thanks, guys. Yeah, when we when we were supposed to record for the first time, we've had to reschedule a couple times, but it was right after um, the dance showcase, and I got to go see that. And I just, I also the, went. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, we wanted to mention how amazing it was. And Demma, I know you actually choreographed a couple dances, which is really awesome. Yeah. I I was following the um, program very closely throughout the performance, and I know you have the senior showcase coming up, so I'm excited to see that. I'm not coming up, but over the next semester, I know you'll be busy with that. Yes, yeah. I will make sure to get go to that one too. I was very fortunate because the when I went, I was unaware that it was like only for dance students and I'm not in dance, <laughs> but I did sneak into the showcase and I'm so glad that I did. It was so much fun. And I was like super jealous because like I'm not the greatest dancer. I wish I could dance, but just seeing everybody dance, I was like, dang, I wish I could do that. But <laughs> I will definitely go into the senior showcase. Gemma, how does that work? How does the senior showcase work? If you want to talk about that before we get into the deeper questions. Okay. So um, like in the past years, you needed to be a member of Dance Workshop for all mm -hmm. four years in order to qualify mm -hmm. for senior choreography. But oh. given COVID, yeah, um, <laughs> changed that rule. So you just had to be like a dedicated senior. So we have a good amount. I think we have like 10 12 choreographers this um, oh wow year and you have to apply in november and we actually find out if our pieces like are um are allowed tomorrow so <gasps> fingers crossed oh. I'm, I'm trying to choreograph a duo but we'll we'll see it might not work but um and sure our auditions you um typically we have our auditions in like end of january but this year we're going to do it a little sooner so we can have the entire semester to plan so auditions January 18th. Um, senior Dance Showcase, I believe, is the only dance showcase that you can get cut from because sometimes mm -hmm. seniors don't want like certain amount of people in their performances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And other times, like there's always different stuff versus the fall where you try out in your place. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, our show's in May. We don't know what it's going to look like right now, obviously, because of the Omicron variant. Yeah. But either way, we if if we can't do in person, then we're probably going to go around the city again and film at different locations. Oh, that was so amazing that's, last that's year. My personal favorite. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's how that's pretty much how it works. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, the dance program at SI is so amazing. That's always been one of my favorite experiences is getting to go see those shows. And Mishik is just so wonderful in every way. I took dance 1A sophomore year, and then I ended up fulfilling my arts requirement through choir and various other things. So I didn't take it again, but I would have loved to do dance at SI. I used, I used to be a dancer and just never got the chance. So Gemma, I'm glad you got to talk about that a little bit today and just what what the dance community at SI looks like. But yeah, I think Gemma did a great job of explaining her positions and all she does for SI, for our community. So now we want to get into our BuzzFeed quiz, how we Woo! start out all of our <laughs> guest podcast episodes. So Gemma, do you want to start with yours? And you can explain all what right. the quiz was and everything. Okay, so the quiz, I think it asked me like four or five questions and it was um, well, like, what's your personality? And I think I put um, hyper and active. And then- um, <laughs> Definitely very fitting. Yeah. And then um, another question was like, where do you want to travel? And I was like, I don't know. I don't like to travel, but, and there was no Europe option. So I did yeah. America. And oh, then I did that I, too. Yeah. 
I think the um, another question was like, what do you like to do for fun? And I said, I like to hang out with my friends. And then I think Same. the last question was like, what's your like go-to drink? And I was like, hot chocolate. And <laughs> I think this is very interesting. So everyone like, it's like a scent quiz and my scent yes. apparently is chocolate. Ooh, yo. Oh, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't really like chocolate that much. Luxurious. <laughs> So what is it? Read, you have to read the description. Oh, yeah, read the description. Oh, wait, yeah. You got chocolate. You are sweet and optimistic. Okay, that's a lie. You're an optimistic <laughs> person and you tend to be popular and for good reasons, although you sometimes let it go to your head. Keep on being kind. Aw. A little bit of the backhand. Backhand. Oh, yeah, um, compliment like, in there. Fine. There were definitely pieces of it that definitely yeah. fit you. Um, not yeah. the optimism uh, <laughs> at some points yes Gemma you can be very yeah. optimistic but that's funny but what did you uh, oh yeah I guess <laughs> yeah, I can he, go yeah um so the quiz was everyone has a scent that describes them to a T here's your match um I was scrolling through the options this morning and I was like this one is very interesting I know I usually try to pick one that's kind of relevant to like something that's popular in pop culture or like if there's a holiday I'll do something like that but this one I was like I think, really, yeah yeah and I was very <laughs> intrigued to see like what the uh like 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 what options you can get as like a scent yeah. um so for like the travel question I think I put like Asia and then there was a question like it was like a picture a bunch of pictures of animals like which one do you most like relate to or something oh, yeah. it was so ra- it was some random questions like how they come up with these and like how they play into the final response I, I've yet to figure out um but it was so fun I think I picked like the butterfly and then I think I picked like oh, lemonade for like the drink um but I got lavender and it reads uh, you got lavender. You have a calming and peaceful aura. You're you're wise and always give good advice. You're kind and grateful for what you have. You sometimes forget to make time for yourself, so try to make time for some fun. And so much, Gemma. I think there are definitely pieces of that 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 kind of describe me to a T. Um, and Dory and I kind of talked about in our last episode that last sentence. Sentence. You sometimes forget to, to make time for yourself so make time for some fun is uh definitely applicable to me in my yeah. life <laughs> uh so jackie i did get the exact same thing. i had a feeling like, you did <laughs> we Demo, we literally get the same responses on the, actually for these quizzes it's sometimes different but like generally we get the same things yeah. for personality quizzes so i'm not surprised yeah the, so we're not the only ones see there are other people who notice it during i yeah, sure exactly <laughs> Yeah, so for mine, I put South America for the travel one. I did purple for my favorite color. Usually it's blue, but that wasn't an option. So I went with the purple Same. one. I was looking for that too. And I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, for the weekend or like what I do on the weekends, I put exercising just because it had yoga. And that just makes me think of my weekends. Um, and I put butterfly too. And I put tea. So kind of somewhat. Not- and then I put... Oh, that's kind of interesting yeah. that we ended up at the same like result because I, it is I think the only one I had in common with you was the the color yeah and the butterfly interesting huh that makes me curious about how they actually create these quizzes and the the answers so hmm, interesting but yeah I got lavender Jackie already explained the description of it but yeah I feel like this one makes a lot of sense and I love lavender I have a lot of I have a lavender scrunchie I have a lot of lavender clothes and candles so 
I was pretty pleased with my result. Very fitting. Yeah. Um, but that was a lot of fun. Thank you for sharing your results, yeah. guys. <laughs> I guess we can kind of get into the questions. Um, I know this isn't the first one, but going back to like the dance, your dance aspect of your life, Gemma, I, do you want to like kind of go through what kind of dance you're involved in or like what kind of styles of dance that you're really passionate about? I think a lot of listeners might like to hear um, about that. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess I can sort of start from the top. So I've te- technically been dancing since I was two. So um, wow. my great grandmother had a West African dance studio in Oakland and I don't remember the name. So my bad, <laughs> but um, I, and I also don't live oh, there anymore. So, um, but I would go, I would go with my mom to rehearsals because my mom also used to dance. And so did my older sister and my older brother. And like, basically everyone in our family, you had three options, jazz musician, cheerleader, dance. And I did cheer and dance. So um, my training started off with like West African. And then from there, um, I was really fascinated with Alvin Ailey which is the first black, um, all black dance group in America. And now is the Ailey School. Um, so I, from West African dance, I moved to the Horton Technique, which is like modern. And then from there I went to contemporary and then I grew up in church, like definitely the preacher's kid. But, um, <laughs> um, from there I went to praise dance, which is like a combination of ballet and dance and then mm-hmm. I was stuck in ballet because my dad's like if she's gonna dance she's gonna dance so I had to do ballet for eight years and that was definitely traumatizing <laughs> oh um, and from there I went to a lot of like cultural dance styles. so I did ballet folklorico um, with my cousins and then I did Tahitian dance for like a good five years before coming yeah. to SI and then I did a little bit of salsa um and I think that's like the extent of my cultural dance training. I oh well no, I did a Native American powwows whenever I went back um to my fam- the reservation where my family is, mm-hmm. and um, moving like up, I competed in West African dance for like a year freshman year, and um, somewhere in between all of those years, I was stuck in cheerleading for three years again. <laughs> I don't plan on ever doing again. Um, and then I come to SI and SI, uh, sophomore year is the first time I had ever taken a hip hop class. And I made, oh, wow. Yeah, wow. I, what? Yeah. Really? I had uh... never taken hip hop before SI. And a lot of people don't believe me when I say that, but my, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were very anti hip hop because it played mm. into the black stereotypes and they didn't mm. want me to be like, just because I'm a dancer, everyone just assumes, and I'm, yeah. I'm a dancer and I'm black, so I must do hip hop. So mm. they were like you're not gonna do hip-hop and then I tried out for drill and I made it and I do hip-hop now so yeah what what Gemma forgot to mention earlier is aside from dance workshop she is also on dance and drill yeah Yeah, she's and are you the captain yeah Yeah. I'm the the captain for two years now yeah wow that's crazy and let me say they are incredible to watch I just saw them at the like our last basketball home game I think this is the best like the team has looked in since we've been there at least like you y'all are I missed it I'm so, so much sad. fun to watch their it. faculty that I've been at SI since like for 15 years who are like this is the best the team has ever been we've been learning like routines weekly and performing yeah. weekly oh we we're trying to manage our basketball schedule because we got two games a week coming up and oh gosh it's gonna be fun. we'll see if that, stays if that true, <laughs> but <laughs> happens I know 
yeah I was I was so bummed to miss the last game I didn't I came late so I didn't get to see it but yeah you guys have been amazing this year so that's why Jackie and I are so shocked that you've only been doing hip-hop for two years or so because you guys are just oh my gosh so phenomenal I don't know I but based on everything you just talked about I don't know how you have time to do exactly. anything but dance. I was like trying to keep track of everything <laughs> was and I was like, like Oh my goodness. Yeah, I thought my life was busy. Yeah. <laughs> it's very chaotic because uh somewhere in between those years I did field hockey and soccer and drag. No, no and way. Yeah, it was wow. I don't I don't remember a time when I've ever just sat down and breathed. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Fun. Wow. Okay. Well, that was a great description of your dance experience. I actually Jim and I were in a class together. Uh, this past semester, Musica del Caribe, uh, where we got to do some salsa dance, and yeah, you could definitely tell you've had some experience. But that was <laughs> that was that was very fun. I will say, I'm going to miss that class this semester. Are you taking Cine de Mexicana? Yeah, I do, okay. and I don't understand the class at all. Really, so it's fun. I I'm bummed. I really wanted to take another semester of Spanish, but for some reason, I wasn't sure. If the class would be happening because you know they've had to cancel a few of the Spanish electives since so few people sign up so I am not signing up but I'm not taking it this semester but I'm definitely I'm really gonna miss last semester Hope yeah we longer yeah okay so I think now's a good time to just jump into our questions um talk about some of the um issues involving um, representation in media and performance, which you'll be speaking more on is performance and the dance world. But to start, um, as we were saying, Gemma has done social media with us for a while. So we've assumed that she's well-versed in just social media, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it may be. Um, so Gemma, how has your involvement with social media increased your awareness of issues of misrepresent misrepresentation or underrepresentation of BIPOC in the media or or performance and if you don't feel that's an issue where in your life do you think you consume the most media and just generally that that area of things um, um in general I think I consume the most media on Instagram yeah I am on Instagram a lot um mainly because I like looking at like dance videos and stuff mm -hmm. but um and also because you know those long car rides across the bridge you just gotta you gotta do something yeah so um, but I think where I see the most misrepresentation in media would definitely be on TikTok. Uh, when you think about the dances that go like go viral like real quickly, I never see a person of color who is like mm -hmm. they may have been the people creating them, but they're not being the ones recognized. Like mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. like I know when TikTok was first getting really popular. Um, with like the whole renegade dance there was a whole thing about how Charlie D'Amelio took that dance from the um, three black girls and didn't give them any credit and so it's there's like a lot more instances like that that can be really frustrating because it's just it's a constant process of P by POC we we create things and then someone else comes and popularizes them and then it's taken away and we don't get any credit so, and then uh, like other other times when I've noticed on TikTok where like people will speak about um, different political issues involving like the black community or the Latinx community or the Asian community and TikTok will ban those videos versus you have like some nudity going on on TikTok and those videos don't get banned. Or there's like many different cases of like instances 
um, like that, that can just be really frustrating. And a look just sometimes doesn't make you really want to be on the app anymore. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I did not know that about Charlie D'Amelio. I mean, I've never been, that's never been my For You page. <laughs> never been dances or anything I like didn't that, know it's but, that was yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, but I, I will say, I mean, that says a lot that I, like, didn't know that because I'm sure that's been a very buried headline um, since people like Charlie are so, so famous and so, so relevant in that, that form of media. So, yeah, I think. I think that's a very relevant issue in TikTok, especially. I, I mean, just TikTok's gained so much popularity in the past two years. I think especially w- with quarantine, that's the first place people started creating content on is just, just as something to do. And I think it's just gaining even more and more momentum in mainstream media recently. So yeah. Um, Jackie, do you wanna ask the next question? Yes. Um, uh, so our next question is, do you think the representation of BIPOC in the media has improved in your lifetime? Um, where do you think it can improve and um, how has it affected you throughout your life? Or, I mean, if you're not comfortable speaking to that point, or maybe you could talk about like ways in which you think um, improvement can be made on apps like TikTok and Instagram. Um. Um, in all honesty, my for you pages on all of my social medias don't are not really centered in, um, I guess, like social justice, if mm-hmm. I want to, um, mm-hmm. because like I said, most of my stuff is dance and mm-hmm. there's the occasional like cooking stuff, even though I can't cook. But um, <laughs> I think within, within my lifetime, because we're like 2003-ish, so yeah, we're like the, the start of social media sort of yep um I I was I frankly wasn't even allowed to have social media till sophomore year um definitely didn't try and stop me from sneaking one but that's not the point (laughs) who who doesn't try yeah you know it's it's, it's the effort Um, yeah but I think that just within the time that I really started getting involved with social media so I would definitely say during quarantine would I think there was a good amount of by POC, at least by POC women being represented. I know 2020 was the year that there was like, uh, I think it was Miss World, Miss USA, and then like another Miss something or other. And they're all three of them were black female. And my mom and her sisters were like, holy crap, this is crazy. This is awesome. And then quarantine hit. um, (laughs) I think within media, I think by POC women are definitely getting recognized for like fashion and clothing and entrepreneurship and like just things in that nature, which I'm very, I'm very happy for, but that happened during quarantine. And I'm like, it's, that was 2020. I was born in 2003. Social mm-hmm. media was like really started to get popular in like what, 2006-ish? Where's that long line exactly where like of by psc representation because i knew um i think my i remember my dad mentioning something about facebook there i don't remember too clearly but in like 2015 with the death of trayvon martin people were like posting stuff about like black lives matter movement and facebook was banning stuff Mm -hmm. 
I and remember hearing so, something similar about that too. Yeah. Then yeah. I'm like, that's all interesting versus um, last year and the, and the year before that, you have like Black Lives Matter trending on Instagram, mm-hmm. which is, has it had its positive and negative like effects, but it's just, it's really interesting to see that, that gigantic space between banning um, social justice, um, like, I'm losing a word and I don't want to say stuff, but for lack of a better word, social justice, <laughs> no, social justice um, matters. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Um, like with more currently so um social justice matters of today yeah you bring up a really interesting point and it is something I actually like talked about in a couple of my college essays like social media activism and is it and it being sustainable for our generation I think we definitely saw it last year um during like when Black Lives Matter started to trend on social media, we saw a lot of people like reposting things and like mm-hmm. trying to like spread the word. And but then there were also people who were just hopping on it because it was a trend. Yeah. And like kind of walking that fine line was like hard to navigate um, because you obviously want to show your support and like express that you recognize these issues and that um, you acknowledge that there needs to be change, but at the same time, you don't want to come off as someone who is just participating in this because it is trendy. Um, I definitely found that to be difficult last year and like knowing what to post and like what was appropriate and like doing research because I know a lot of people were just like seeing things like, oh, that looks important and like not completely reading all the information and just reposting it and then having it come back on them. Um, later on down the line because there was something that they didn't read that ends up being super controversial so like knowing like when to speak up and like how is definitely something our generation I think has struggled with and is like continuing to work with Um, but yeah that is something you brought up that I thought yeah that I could relate to I remember us talking about this a lot during that one student council meeting we had very beginning of junior year Mm -hmm. when we were, I don't know, that was, that was an interesting meeting in general, but that was really the first time I had been in a space to even talk about everything or in a, I don't know, in, in terms of the SI community and just Mm -hmm. like talking about how, how people our age were reacting to everything and that was definitely the number one thing people brought up is that kind of mindless reposting because that was very true to a lot of people is someone would repost something and you would repost it just to make sure you were keeping up with everything but yeah I think that I mean I had to step out for a minute so I missed a chunk of that conversation but I know that was definitely that's something something I think about quite a bit because that I feel like has completely dropped off of the social media algorithm, especially with Instagram. Like you rarely see people posting anything. And at this point, it's almost, Gemma, do you want to say something about that? Uh, What I remember from that student um, council meeting was, okay, for one, I was sort of shocked we were having it, not gonna lie. So it was odd. Very random. Yeah. (laughs) And I was also like, it was interesting because I'm pretty sure at the time, me and Beth were the only Black seniors. I don't even think Beth was at that meeting. So I think it was just me there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, because I feel like if she was there, she would have said something, but I don't remember any of that. 
Um, but what I was um, saying earlier, it's just what I noticed in, like about some of the people who were like speaking up on stuff. I was like, interesting that you say that being a, you're one of the most problematic people I know. So, um, yeah. 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 And I just also remember like all of us were fairly new to student council. Like yeah. the three of us, um, like we hadn't been involved with student government prior to junior year so our first year was COVID year so having that be like one of our first few first meetings like as a group was very like whoa yeah we're gonna do this now all right (laughs) yeah I will say it was nice to like actually be being able to talk about that rather than just events and activities because I mean there wasn't really lots to plan or anything so they were giving us a space to talk about larger decisions to be made in this in the SI community and whether that was uh, ours to talk about is it uh, debatable you know but I do I, I think it was important that we were able to have that space but either way it was it was an odd odd situation that we were put in that first year of student council together you know yeah. for sure yeah yeah Dora you're gonna have to go with the next question because I just can't <laughs> yeah yeah so Jackie had some technical difficulties so this part of the episode might be a little pieced together uh but yeah uh okay so now moving away from media specifically we want to talk about more just representation and dance so to you what role does representation play in the world of dance and performance is there a specific dancer or performer that you look up to Okay, so um, I think I will start with the second question and then go okay. into the first. But I, I think my all time, I have three dancers I looked up to. I look up to. Uh, number one, I mentioned him earlier, Alvin Ailey. Um, he is a huge like um, African American like activist when it comes to dance. He's also a huge LGBTQ plus um, rights activist. I read his autobiography like a couple years ago. One of the hardest reads, I have to say, um, not like due to the context, it was just very interesting style of English. And um, it was, I just wasn't used to reading that. Um, I think my second one would be Judith Jemison, who actually is like uh, Alvin Ailey's prodigy. Um, he choreographed a song in honor of his mother and she um, danced, she like played the part and it's one of my favorite dances, it's called Cry. Um, uh, it's very, it's very beautiful. And then I think my third one would be Maria Tall Chief. As I said earlier, I am not a ballet person, but Maria Tall Chief is the first Native American prima ballerina um, from the Osage wow. Native American tribe in, I think, Oklahoma. I read her, I actually have it in front of me. Um, I have read her autobiography and it's really beautiful because she got involved in dance similarly to how I did. Like her mother just stuck her like in dance and then they did like she and her sister did like rodeo dancing which I thought was pretty interesting but um yeah I think those would be like my top three and they're all huge advocates for like uh Native Americans LGBTQ plus and Black um people in dance Mm -hmm. um when it comes to like representation in dance I will say at least at um I think since for the last four years, I've mainly danced at SI, there is not a lot of Black dancers at SI. Um, 
And it's very interesting to be a part of like dance workshop and not see that many people who look like me. For example, I'm in um, dance workshop is like separated into sort of like levels. Mm -hmm. And so from freshman to like uh, junior year, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, And like Monday is advanced. Tuesday is like intermediate advanced. Wednesday is intermediate beginner. And then Thursday is beginner. And so I was on Monday, freshman year, uh, Tuesday, sophomore year, and then Monday, junior and senior year. And so even though this year we weren't, we didn't technically practice on Mondays, but we just still mm-hmm. caught it Monday. Um, and within all of that time, I, any, all for all like three times I was in Monday, I was the only black dancer up until I think, so my freshman year there was like one senior two seniors who were black but they were in a different piece than me so I didn't really see them um my junior year I was the only black person and then this past year there's a a girl who's a junior who is also black so there is like there's always like no more than three of us and within that we all like um I'm possibly one of the biggest people in my group like body wise, which honestly, I know it's pretty alarming. I'm a pretty thin person. So I know it's pretty alarming when I'm like the biggest person there. Um, I also have the curliest hair and um, the more darker complexion, which like I said, it's pretty alarming when I am like me, a very light person is the darkest person in the room. And with that, I'm it's it's interesting because of course it's not something like for example like when Miss Shake and Miss Garcia they're casting it's not something they can really control they don't don't look for like body skin color hair mm-hmm. they look for like the amount of level and sadly there are not a lot of black dancers at our school who are on that level so most of um the black dancers at SI are in the intermediate beginner level which hopefully if I work hard this year, I can change that. We're, we're trying. Um, but it, it's definitely caused me to think about my position in dance. I know this past year, I struggled a lot with dance for like many different reasons. And I have personally never really had an issue with my body until like this girl told me I had a, no way of shaking coding it. She told me I got a fat ass and I, I was not okay with that. And I guess some people take it as a compliment. I did not. Um, For one, I was like, that's just something weird to say to someone. And for two, I'm just like, why why would you notice that? Like, we're all changing in a dressing room and we're putting on yoga pants. And I have like curvier hips and everyone else is a little flat-ish. Um, and you just say that and I'm like, are you highlighting that I'm different than everyone else? Is it positive? Is it negative? Doesn't matter. Um, and these were just like the things. Another thing that I thought about was when, um, during our dress rehearsals, they're like naming hairstyles for us to wear. And honestly, there's only a couple hairstyles I can easily do with my hair. I don't know how to braid, been working on it, not working well. Um, so I always have like either a bun low bun uh like a half up half down or like two pigtails and down or just down and my hair was like getting in my face because I can't just put it up because if I do that then it just it did not it did not go for the look they were going for meanwhile all of the other girls could just have theirs down and have it just stay and I was just like 
there anything else we could do right now? Um, this is not working for my hair, but um, it's just, when it comes to representation and dance, it's it can get pretty lonely out there sometimes when you're the only one who looks like you. But yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that. You brought up a lot of a lot of different aspects of that and be, you were able to just talk about our community specifically and how that affects you, um, which I think is really important because things like that aren't talked about a lot, um, especially when you're doing something that you love to do. It's hard to point out the moments where you're uncomfortable and where you're not necessarily feeling like it's the safe space you want it to be. So yeah, thank you for sharing all that. Um, and I think you brought up a lot of really good points about uh, just the way people comment on other people's appearances and how important that is and how mindful you have to be. Um, sorry, I think my microphone was glitching. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. Okay, wait. Yeah. Let okay. Let me take out my headphones. Anyways, um, I think it's really important to be mindful of what you say to people because like you were saying, well, whoever said that might have had good intentions because sometimes like that does have a positive connotation for people. You never know how it will impact another person, especially when talking about just bodies and appearances. That is a highly sensitive topic to any any person, you know? Your appearance is yours, and it's it, in, in general, it's not always great to have other people commenting on it, no matter what the intention behind it is. So, yeah, thank you for bringing up that point. I think that's something Jackie and I haven't really gotten the chance to talk about on here. I know that's a topic we're hoping to um, touch on in, in the next coming episodes, but yeah. Um, and then I also wanted to just earlier when you were talking about your um, idols in the dance world, I, I just I wanted to say how much I love talking about that because it's so interesting to hear about all of these people who are the first of whatever, you know, because when you're not involved in that community, it's unlikely that you're going to hear like I had never heard any of those names. And now I'm very interested to learn more about them and learn what they've accomplished. So I really like talking about that. Like, and you were also bringing up how all of them are advocates for some kind of social justice cause or something that affects their own lives, which I think is really important when you gather fame in any way. And I know a lot of the actors and actresses I look up to, always, I always look for people who are working towards a larger cause. So yeah, I just wanted to highlight that. I thought that was, that was really fun to share about. And yeah, Jackie, anything you want to add on? Um, like is really important and yeah we haven't talked about it as much as we probably should have or should I guess <laughs> yeah yeah okay so we have one last question for today um, and we just wanted to talk about and you can answer this however you like what can listeners do to um, support BIPOC the BIPOC bi community or BIPOC students, whether that's in SI and just what does allyship look to you? And that can be in the dance world and media, whatever it may be. Um, I think a starter is like, if you, so like 
I think all people can like relate to this is there's certain things that other people say that in your head you're just like there's something about that that doesn't sound right and so I'm pretty and maybe it's just like common sense or oh wait no it, it might be a conscience I don't know the definition of that word but hey it might be um but if if anyone ever hears something that they know is just like out of pocket call like don't call the person out just be like hey that's not okay or hey that didn't really do you think you might want to adjust that a little bit or what do you Mm -hmm. mean by that um I think that's something that a lot of I think that especially at SI a lot of SI students say things that are genuinely out of pocket and sometimes don't even realize that they're out of pocket and um, I think that's something that everyone should recognize is there are certain things that um, people's friends like to say that are just not okay. And I think the best way to start as an allyship to any community is if your friend is saying something that's like not okay, or they're acting in a certain way that's not okay, just to like let them know, hey, that's not okay. Because oftentimes we think that um, our friends don't listen to us, but sometimes you can be the biggest impact on your friend or friend group. Um, Other than that, I think when it comes to allyship, presence is really important. I know that um, even within the affinity groups, not all of us go to each other's events, which sometimes isn't helpful when it comes to allyship. And I think that just showing up to support each other just to say hey hey I saw you do this that's awesome like that was so cool or just hey I recognize the issue at hand how can I help um just like stuff like that I think those are the best forms of allyship and obviously allyship is interpreted different than like with everyone but just to me that's what's more important um it's very obvious just with the current SI community that there's not going to be any big gigantic change that's going to happen in a year all all good changes do not happen in the course of like three weeks or four months Mm -hmm. it takes time because everyone needs to recognize why change is important so um instead of like focusing on that bigger aspect I think we could focus on the small stuff um but yeah that's like as much as it goes for allyship honestly yeah Yeah, I remember you talked about the first part of that in our student council meeting, um, one of the ones recently, um, and that really stuck with me because that's something I know I personally need to work out is work on is calling out friends and just being able to have the confidence to do so and like what you were saying, it's it's very easy to believe that what you say won't matter and won't really change anything. But I think it is important to remember that no matter what the topic is, like what you say affects your friends and will will stick with them. So I, I really appreciate that point. And I've, I've thought about that a lot recently. And it's better that um, like my friends, I feel, I feel like a lot of the common miss, um, like a common assumption is that like, people of color can't make crazy comments about other people Mm -hmm. that's a lie because in all honesty um there's a good amount of my friends who making really interesting very prejudiced comments about like white people for instance and I'm like okay guys if we don't like it when people make comments about us why are we making comments about other people and sometimes uh, okay like 95% of the time I get ignored but at least I like said something 
Yeah. So if anyone comes back at me like, oh, you never like defended us or anything, I could could be like, actually, I did. They may not have listened, but the Mm -hmm. effort was there. Mm -hmm. I did it. Yeah, that's super important. I think a lot of people are deterred from speaking up because of, I don't know, multiple different reasons, whether that be they are scared of what people will think of them or like you said, you're, you don't, they don't think their friends will listen. I think just realizing that no matter what it needs to be said, just because like, as we've seen in the media and then um, like just pop culture in general, like the more or the longer we let stuff sit like the worse it gets like addressing it is something that we all need to get like more comfortable with um and yeah you you brought that up and I think that's something that is really important especially now and moving forward yeah okay well this was a long episode but I think we talked about a lot of really important things um and yeah, we're just we're really grateful you're able to come on, Gemma. We've been trying to get this for a couple weeks, and I'm so glad it finally happened. I think this is a really important episode, especially for SI students listening, which is the majority of our listeners. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for everything you talked about, everything you shared. Um, yeah, Jackie, want to add on? Do you have any social media platforms you'd like to plug? Yes. Um, I know the dance, dance workshop or dance and trail they have an instagram and um everyone should probably if you're listening go check it out because i know that they post yeah. some of their performances so if you've yes. missed yes i work um, hard on those i i'm um i control both accounts and i work hard yes. on keeping everyone up to date so yeah so if you uh, um had to miss one of their live performances don't worry you can check out their account <laughs> i'll be and- doing that later <laughs> <laughs> see yeah Gemma does a great job of making sure someone records um and they're truly <laughs> something to watch so I'd go check it out if I were you. Yeah. Yeah, Gemma, any any last words? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I, I love your guys' podcast. This is the only podcast I listen to. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, yeah, I'm not a podcast person, but I was like, hey, I know these beautiful people, so let me go and support. <laughs> thank um, you, Gemma. Um, other than that, no, I think that's it. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, We hope you enjoyed this wonderful episode. We hope you learned a lot, um, whether about dance, whether about activism, allyship, whatever it may be. So again, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys for our next episode. Bye. Bye.